Yeah, when we first read the book, I saw that. I was like, oh, is this going to be some kind of hippie fucking book or something? <laughs> after I read it, I looked at the cover after I'm done reading it, and I was like, oh, now I Everybody, uh, welcome to the End Podcast, where we talk about movies, TV shows, and comic books, most importantly, and all stuff like that. It's really interesting. We're really good at it. So if you've just clicked on play, and this is what you're here for, then hit subscribe, hit like, follow us, whatever the platform is. And by the way, we're on all platforms. So if you're listening on YouTube and you're looking at one of our one shots, and you're thinking, well, hey... I'd like to hear the full podcast. Well, you can do that as well, because we're on, what are we on, Tim? Spotify? We're on Spotify, aren't we? SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, yep. even yep. Google Podcasts, but who the fuck uses that? Not me, because I'm really fucking cool. And I'd say, be cool like us, listen to it on Spotify. And also follow us on Twitter, where we drop reviews, and also follow us on Instagram, where we collate the finest of all comic book art. You see how excited I am? This is how you can feel on a weekly basis. <laughs> Sometimes bi-weekly. It depends how busy, stroke lazy, stroke unhappy I am at that time. So, now we've got all that out the way. I'm Matt. And I am your host for the proceedings today. Um, we like to take January off, but we don't really take it off. Because what we do is a series of bonus episodes where we focus on a single creator. And this time... It's Warren Ellis, and we're going to be chopping up and analysing five of his works. And I know what you're thinking. How could you possibly, possibly focus on that? Horrible, horrible man. Well, all I'd say to you is we've done a massive disclaimer on the previous episode. So if you're that butthurt about it, don't switch off. That's not what I'm saying. I need you to listen to this. We need the metrics. But go back to bonus episode one of the month, and then you'll hear why we've decided to go ahead with it. Essentially, we separate... Art from the artist. So there we go. So last week we did Planetary. This week we're doing Cressy. And with me today, I have... I'll give you a little bit of a spoil for this, didn't I? My usual co-host, Tim. How are you doing, Tim? I'm doing great, Matt. How's it going? And and, um, I haven't seen you guys since the New Year, so Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year. Year. Happy New Year. Uh, I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk about this. I'd never heard about this comic before, and having read it, I now... I, I'm I'm sad I hadn't seen it earlier. It was really really fun. I love it. I love it so yeah. much. <laughs> I'll tell you some. Who else do I love so much? Oh, here's a pricking up. It's Tara. <laughs> How's it going, baby? I'm all like this. It's going great. How are you? All the Happy better to be here with you guys. All the better for being in your presence. That's all I can say. <laughs> and somebody else that has presence. Mm, I think I know who you're talking about. Well, there's only one fucker left, and that's Joe. <laughs> <laughs> nice to be back. Nice to see Tara and Tim once again. 
be on Good the show. You. you as well, Matt. But uh, we talk on a semi-regular basis, so yeah. I touch base with you a little more often. But uh, the rest of these guys, I usually only interact with on Twitter or Instagram or wherever. So it's nice to be able to talk to you guys uh, and hear your voices. So yeah, yeah, looking yeah. forward to this. Joe, shall I let everybody in on the little secret of what happened when you messaged me yesterday? <laughs> uh, well, I, <laughs> I think you kind of touched on it pre-show, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah, what happened is, um, Joe goes, how's, how's the thing going? Are we still on for tomorrow? Are you still recording tomorrow? I'm like, what the fuck's it got to do with you? Because <laughs> in my mind, each, each of these episodes had four people and Chris was going to be on it, but then he dropped out for, you know, understandable reasons. So... In my mind, we just went down to three people, and Joe was like, so, um, you're still recording at two o'clock? And I was like, for fuck's sake, Joe, to be honest with you, I ain't got time for this, mate. And then I wake <laughs> up this morning and look at the messages, and I'm like, oh, shit, of course he's on. <laughs> but I was, like, so rude to him. Well, not rude, but just, like, blunt, like, because I was watching, I was actually watching Thor The Dark World, which is still fucking brilliant. <laughs> But anyway, I text Joe and I was like, dude, I've got to apologise. Like, I completely, I just thought maybe he's got his weeks mixed up. Because I know Joe's coming back next week for, is it Desolation yeah. Jones? All my reading's done for when we record, so uh, good stuff. I'm good to go. You can record it right after this episode if you wanted to, but, you know. <laughs> Oh, that would be much to the displeasure of Brian, so I wouldn't. Yes, it may. That's true, Brian's going to go, yeah, that's true. Brian's going to be there next week, so that'll be another fun one. Let's get down to business. It's... Obviously, it is written by Warren Ellis. It is beautifully drawn by Raulo Caceres. I'm English. That's the best I can do. <laughs> Raulo Caceres. And it is beautifully done. I don't know if it's a guy that actually has this style, if it's something that he intentionally did for the book, but we'll get more into that later. Now, a little bit of background. The English and the French have had more wars with each other than any two nations. I think it's about 25, maybe 26. Could be 24 times they've fought each other. Cressy marked the start of the Hundred Year War with France. And before that point, we didn't have the resources of continental Europe. We didn't have the technology. We'd get invaded and we'd give up. <laughs> However, there was a little gap in proceedings in our hate for the French, which was only matched by our hatred for the sheep shaggers and fucking Scotland. <laughs> and that's the official terminology on the map. However, Edward II and Third had been warring so long with, unsophisticated as we were, the Welsh and the Scots were even worse. We had a, a long period of time to refine our warfare, and with that came the bow, the long bow. Mm. So we went to, well, I say we, I'm an Englishman, so you can tell my excitement of how <laughs> the spoils of victory are flowing through my veins as I speak. <laughs> but it's Edward III took a very small group of soldiers. In actual fact, the French had more knights than we had infantry. It was a largely disproportionate battle. However, the English won due to their tactics, mm -hmm. due to their acumen and their sheer brutality. So that's a little bit of background. This is the first part of the Hundred Years' War where we were sick of getting publicly bumfucked by the French. So we <laughs> went on the front foot and we took it to them. How did you feel reading this? Were you as excited as I was? Uh, probably not. 
<laughs> but uh, <laughs> I didn't know what, like Tim, I'd never heard of this book. And when I saw it on the uh, list, I was like, oh, I never heard of this. So I'll give it a shot because I love reading new things that I've never heard about going in completely blind. So very quickly, I realized that this is a historical based comic, which I'm not the biggest fan of. I'll be upfront. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't mind them if they're cleverly done and they, they introduce stuff within the story another story like a, a fictional story but they introduce like historical mm-hmm. elements I, I don't mind it as much but it's uh it's a 48 pager so you know it wasn't a long drawn out like history book where you have to like mm. and the story the narration of the the main character the way he narrates and while they're walking to go to the field where they're gonna battle is is really well done and you get a little bit of banter with the soldiers tell them to shut the fuck up and so on and <laughs> so i thought it was really well done and i i love black and white comics so okay. that was a bonus there too so i really enjoyed that i have a few little issues with the art not so much uh, the quality but just it's very heavy black and white there's no like mid-tones and stuff so when you got into scenes in the forest and stuff it got muddled you know, it was a little hard to discern the backgrounds from the foregrounds and stuff. But aside from that, the art was beautiful. That was the only the only little critique I have on that. But the story was great. I learned a little bit about the, you know, uh, French and English history and, and their wars with each other. So, I mean, I got a little bit smarter reading this book. What can I say? And that's yeah. never a bad thing. We were saying before, though, and we started taping, which we definitely are doing, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I say that like it's a thing to do with Tim, but Tim's my double checker after my catastrophic failure oh. to record very important interviews. Um, but the, I don't know what the actual style's called, but it is very true to the to the etchings of the day. Is it ligraphy? Could be, yeah. Etching does really capture it. It's like it does. It feels carved out. It feels like three dimensional in a sense. Feels that way, texture wise. It's immersive. Sink into the age. So I was a bit like Joe. I haven't had a legit history class since high school, to be honest. And so Mm. when I I read it cold, because that's what I like to do. And so at first I was waiting for something to happen. And then I realized it was already happening. (laughs) So (laughs) the second time I read it, I loved it. The first time I was a little bit more disoriented. It helped in the middle to get myself situated in the historical piece because because I just didn't know anything about this period. And I did like the way they went back and forth between, is it the Bayoun tapestries that they referenced with the story? Every once in a while, there's a panel that comes out of the tapestries as if they can talk. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. I've been to visit those. <laughs> so that jumps out at me. Anyway, I loved it, long story short. But the second read was what made me fall in love with it. And watching the movie The King, which we may touch on later, may not be historically accurate, but puts you in the situation of it a bit more. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. Also, not to sound like I am your acolyte in some ways, Joe, but (laughs) not to to broadcast it, but I love a good black and white comic too. So so I enjoyed all, but yeah. I also, um, it was nice to finally understand why the C word is much harder to say in America than it is in England. I just want to read that panel. Uh, By the way, this potty language, and this is a full spoiler discussion. I mean, why wouldn't it be? But yeah, full spoilers and also... It's, this is the best. Here it goes. Because the English royal lie. <laughs> I don't know. Because I, I don't know. I won't do a voice because obviously I'm English. So, I mean, maybe he sounded like me. Maybe he didn't. There's a word you'll have to get used to cunt. This is a word that many people do not like, but you have to understand the English. In English, the word cunt is punctuation. <laughs> that is literally in my notes with 
fave line next to it. There's various turns of phrase throughout the comic where he says he's as stupid as a mile of pig shit. I love this comic. A couple of things about it. One is I was just surprised how snappy it is. It's very, very taut. Like Tara was saying, that very little happens in terms of the, the dialogue. Little, very little action happens in the speech bubbles. All of it happens in the art. It's a very good example of where the art does all the story. Very, very snappy and taut. You know how it's going to go. You know what the result's going to be, really from the outset. But there's a lot of suspense to it in terms of like how the battle actually, like how they actually yeah. pulled this off. I thought it was like really cool. If history were taught this way all the time, I rarely remember like the details of any historical moment, unless it's Looking where the United States is either the villain or the hero. And then I remember mm-hmm. things. Even today, like very cool about World War One, because it was that was kind of like a European war. The the Americans were kind of like bit players, and that didn't really. I, I just don't even know anything about that. I know a lot about World War Two because the Americans were important players in that. Mm-hmm. And so if you could dramatize in this way, I mean, I know more about this war now than I do about World War One. not even because it's so recent, because it's so entertaining to read about. Yeah. Right. I used to struggle in history specifically with procession of monarchy and yeah. also dates when things happened. I knew that, um, is it Harold that got the arrow through the eye 1066 for the Battle of Hastings. I, yeah. My teacher could have could have wrapped my fingers with a ruler every week for a year and I wouldn't have remembered that. In this, <laughs> it's just like a throwaway thing. This is why we hate them. They finished our Your royal line, line. The bloodline of the right. royal family was wiped out without one arrow. And I remember all that now. It doesn't have to be a drudgery. Everything in this age of warfare is exciting. It's dark. Yeah. It's gritty. I mean, if you could get somebody that's not interested in history to be interested in history, I'd love to see him do do a bunch more, like a yeah, load yeah. more. An example of this, guys, I don't think I could ever forget what happened to Edward II. There's one panel that mm. talks about yes. how he was prayed by his wife and her lover and then yeah. killed a hot poker. How do you forget that? In his In his pooter. Cannot unsee. Which I thought was sl- a British slang for computer. No, it is. No, it's so, so, oh, okay. no, it is. <laughs> That's great. I mean, it's both. I mean, it's hard to... What a horrible thing to do to his computer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's how... I think the problem is, in history in school, the the focus is too much on specific dates. Instead of... They don't give enough marks for, did you understand the overall story, the conflict? And Mm. even if you're close in date, you know, wars last for decades. So if you don't know the exact beginning and end of it, who the fuck cares? And this Mm -hmm. is where I like lose history because people are so like, especially history buffs. No, no, no. It wasn't 1962. It was 1961. (laughs) And they get all Mm. fucking. And it's like, I just tune out. I'm like, I don't want to be part of this conversation anymore because you're a condescending prick. That's looking down on me because I don't know the exact hour and second that someone got assassinated and it's like yeah. i just lose interest right yeah. but like this tells that the overall the story is what the, what is the focus mm. here and history is a story and i think we lose sight of let's tell the story instead of yeah. like these little dates and act like it just loses me i'm into the story tell me a good story and if it's yeah. historically accurate i'll enjoy it as long as it's told well you know yeah and that's that's pretty much it for me Tim made a point previously that when we started reading Planetary that it was so distinctly Warren Ellis. As soon as I hear the main character speak, I'm hearing his voice immediately. There wasn't a second when I was the narrator 
there wasn't a second when I was thinking this is Warren Ellis. It was just immediately in character. Yeah. Totally. Thank you for saying that because I was wondering if it was just me or if. Well, it's so modern. I mean, Murray is obviously centuries old, but it's so modern because William of Stoneham, he's speaking to the audience. I mean, that's very, mm. it's a very, very modern concept. Fourth wall down. Yeah. 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 His tone was definitely old English. He would include modern euphemisms like kickoff. Like it's about to kick off, which is obviously from sports, which wouldn't have been there at that period. Yeah. You wouldn't yeah. have thought. With the Genoan mercenary crossbowsman, this is the birth of the Italian football. One scrape yeah. and they run off the pitch. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> but this was almost bloodless because it was black and white. Okay. However, it was viscerally violent. You felt for all those poor horses. <laughs> After this battle, horses weren't used in um, warfare for 200 years because of the losses. And these are the little historical things that I love. When he's talking through all the bolts that he puts on the arrows, and he's explaining yeah. to you that yeah. we have these um, like narrow bolts because they can pierce armor. We've got the, the, broad, the broad end ones because they can yeah. stick into the horses. And then when the horses go down, some of the French infantry were actually crushed to death. The way that they dug holes in the ground in front of on the field so any incoming horses would fall over the way that they had the stakes pointed out to stop horses the whole point of this story was the ingenuity with the belongbow because before this it had been very much fought on um, horseback on a battlefield with swords the continental invaders had the crossbows these longbows were six foot high but think about the average height of a man in the 1300s. Is it 1346? There you go. It's done its job, mate. Yes, it's done its job. <laughs> Didn't even have to open it. I probably got it wrong, but you know, at least no, it's I got right. it wrong. At least, at least I got it in Joe's parameters, and that's what I'm happy to say. Exactly. I'm happy, man. Just rough, a rough estimate of the yeah, thing, yeah. you know, like I mean, whatever. Like, in them days, like centuries are like fortnights here with the exactly. advancements. Like, yes. You've been on this planet for centuries, so if you give me you're off by a year or two, or whatever i don't think it's the end of the world <laughs> and it took a hundred pounds of force to draw just one arrow a hundred pounds of force that's ridiculous if you think of like a five foot four man with a six foot bow drawing it with a hundred pounds of force with <laughs> just two two fingers well it's kind of Love like that. how a boxer a boxer rotates his hip so he, you get the whole weight of your body going through it they yeah. would draw back with their back People lived harder lives back then. They were, they were much more physical lives. Yeah, They're not yeah. as soft as we are today, where we're all yeah. sitting at a computer or everything was physical. You didn't have machines to do shit for you. It was all done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So all these people in the old days were naturally strong because physical labor, their entire lives, from the day they're born to the day they died. They, yeah. Like kids didn't go to school. They worked the lands. They, you know, yeah. like from a little tyke, you know, up till the day you die. All you did was work. Which was about the age of like yeah. late thirties. Thirties, like, yeah. yeah, late thirties. Like if you think about it, like, <laughs> like proportionately, the age of consent would be ten. They often got married at sixteen, right? So well, like twelve years old, some of them. Twelve, like, thirteen. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But can you imagine being middle-aged at twelve? <laughs> <laughs> Having the a midlife crisis. Your midlife crisis at twelve. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the way they show King Philip on the field, just like slumped over, like he's an ancient man. He's only like fifty-three years old. It's so <laughs> really. <weird. laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was so cool. Like 
you know, there's some comics where it's like, it's so exciting that you just want to run off and start telling people about it. I felt exactly mm -hmm. this way about this. Like those panels where basically what is like a, a European history changing event and all turns on some small mistake that the French made about their shields. I forget what the shields are called, like in the- Oh, it was the, the Genoan mercenaries, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I've forgotten the right. name of it. I put the low crossbow and how you need the shields there to, to do that safely and they didn't have them. That basically explains why they were able to wipe out all those crossbowmen, which then yeah. created mud and blood barriers so that the horses couldn't get over the battlefield in time. Yeah. And that allowed to kill the further invading French forces. Yeah. And the way that, that just the cleverness of it, like dipping that their arms in like shit so that it would, even if it just wounded you, it would kill you in disease, right? And like, right. in fact, like, oh man, I, I guess I- Brilliant. I, you never think about that today, but I guess, you know, what they do address that by saying like, okay. hey, we're not stupid. We're, we're as you were we just had less cumulative knowledge like well yeah, yeah. you know yeah. i never would have thought about that they, they're actually quite resourceful I the mercy yeah. giver as well that long pointy oh, knife yeah. that they'd sl with the dying uh infantry they they'd slide it through the armpit into the heart or the, or they said if they're feeling especially fruity they'd pierce it through the visor and go through their eye <laughs> so great it's so great <laughs> Sorry, it made me burp. It's so great. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, so great. I mean, there's so much you could say about how the results of the thing and of history turns on these small little like choices and mm. detail. It's just like anything else in life, honestly. The things he decides to highlight, it's very, very, very skilled. You could have gone in a million different ways to describe this battle, but the, the yeah. way in which breaking the fourth wall, highlighting these very small details, like being very racist, I, I thought was like really heightened the stakes of it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I thought it was like very, very, very entertaining. Like, I don't think in these like very xenophobic terms towards the French, maybe the, maybe the English do, I don't know. Um, well, I was thinking about that, Tim, and that was yeah. very much the attitude until the injection of PC culture in the mid nineties. People still had that, Ooh, that attitude late. towards the French in the eighties. Yeah, I mean, that's fact about the comic that make that it's both modern, both and anachronistic in that way, make it just mm -hmm. like a pleasure to read, like almost voyeuristic to read because you're seeing like mm -hmm. these really like to the modern or to the 21st century reader, like offensive tropes about, you know, an entire nation of people. Very interesting. I don't know. I thought it was like <laughs> much better than I, I have like particular expectations about it really either way, but I, I would recommend this to anyone basically. But I like you touch on like the racist tropes and all this stuff. But if you want it to feel authentic, that's the way they were back they in the had day. To oh, be. Yeah. You can't you can't sugarcoat this shit. This is the way people thought that's about sweet. each other. And now we're so worried about revisionist history where we try yeah, to yeah, yeah. this happened, let's try to erase it. No, you erase things that happened in the past, we're gonna repeat them because we don't you know, you don't remember what we did wrong, right? You got to like take down this statue because that person was this or that, like no, you got to leave these things there and just educate people why this statue, what it represents, right. good or bad, because that's mm. a part of history. That's a part of learning. That's a part of evolving. That's a part of growing as a society. And if we erase all these negative, bad things, even though it's part of my culture, your culture, we forget about the mistakes we made in the past. And we're bound to repeat them if we do that, because younger generations won't remember and they won't remember the consequences and the yeah. hardship and the pain we caused other people. So I think it's important to try to depict it as accurately as possible because then it's as jarring and as shocking as possible so you get a better grasp of what's at stake and what it caused to other people mm, and yeah. if we mm -hmm. lose that we lose the perception of how this can affect other people and not to repeat those same mistakes so i think it's great that he went that way and he didn't sugarcoat it and like you said the language and 
the terms like like he went he went full full on like how they would probably regard each other and i think that's very important especially if you're going about it in a historical way because historians like to be accurate and it has to be accurate but if you start changing things to adapt the story to a certain group of people that can't handle the truth you're altering history and it's that's not the way it happened right so i think all the warts and ugliness of it all you have to tell it all otherwise Mm -hmm. it's it's no point in it i agree and i would add to that it's not just a shocking choice it doesn't matter to the result i mean it's not even subtext a lot of it basically talks about how the french army was largely mercenary and it's like one of the things Mm -hmm. you have to do is humanize i mean in a war force situation situation you dehumanize your opponent you know and the fact that the that the english infantry came from the english peasant class matters Mm -hmm. because they hated the opponent Whereas the Italian mercenaries, they didn't give a shit about the English. Like, they don't care. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Fact of that, when he brings out those tropes, it's not just to, to be shocking. It's, it's to illustrate that that dimension of it mattered for the result. This <laughs> made the point very, very well that when the English conquered Wales, it was a piece of piss. They did it village by village because not only yeah. did they hate the English, was they funny. hated the next tribe in Wales even yeah. more. So they could have sent somebody out to warn them but they didn't because they hated them even more you're right though matt if the issues are quite modern who makes up your army really does matter i mean talk about like modern debates like do you have an all volunteer a draft i mean these policy questions matter the sort of contents of your army it's an ongoing enduring question and it mattered here you know a lot so i thought that was like a very interesting touch again these are choices that warren ellis makes that really make the content these are very, very interesting. It felt Inter- like I'd read a lot more than the, the 40, I know. 47 yeah. pages. Well, like that's, I- that's the beauty of sequential art, man. It doesn't mm. have to be 350 pages to communicate. The visuals communicate so much on their own, right? Totally. So, and this is why I love it. Like you give someone a visual aid and it just helps them remember things. Like the little details, so like much. the arrows. I'll never, like that part you guys brought up, the arrowheads. Like, yeah. I love that part where he's going. Yeah. He's like, I, I spit on mine to change the arrowheads. Other people yeah. use wax. You know, yep. and he's going to like little details that I'll yeah. never forget because it's incorporated with a visual story and like Ikea. They give you a fucking thing with, you know, everything, <laughs> yeah. you know, put it together. Here's pictures, you know, and you know, if you had to read that just in description you. without a visual aid, try yeah. to put something together without a visual mm. aid, you know, it just helps the mind. Mm. understand things and i think this is why sequential art is such a beautiful way to tell a story mm-hmm. because you take it at your own pace it's not like a movie where it's rolling mm. and some things may go by too fast you don't catch it but sequential art is an in-between form where you take it at your own pace you read you observe the picture the panel you take it all in at your own rhythm and each person is different some people will blow through something some people will take more time to look at the panels and the visually so we all learn at a different pace and i think that's what's great about comics and any kind of sequential art is each person can consume it at their own rate and to get the maximum from it and this book illustrates that beautifully on how it communicates and how it's so much easier to remember something if you have these little cues to go along with the story or whatever they're talking about when he's preparing his arrows he sticks them in the ground as he does the one to pick up germs and he uses goose feathers for his quill because they're because actually water resilient yeah and it corkscrews through the air right like yeah 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 yeah. i love this so much (laughs) this is like a so if you were to say to somebody who's like a novice and was like who is like saying comics are are not a serious medium 
I would hand them this and say, like, if you had told me I had to read a 50 page article about the 1340 exactly. battle of Crecci, I'd see. be like, fuck you. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to. But if you hand somebody this, this is what, like, just what Joe was saying, like, this is what comics can accomplish. Worm into your head. It's like riveting to read. And, uh, mm-hmm. I'll, you know, give this to me in another way. I'd be like, well, I don't, I don't give a shit. But this, I give a shit. It's yeah. very, very interesting. Yeah. So much is communicated in the in the art. Like it's, it's a forty-seven page comic, but cumulatively, when you take what the art communicates, you know, mm. it's like three so times. Much. Feels Probably, like so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll stop. So I love this. I love war stories in general. Just get on that Garth Ennis train, man, because he does tons of war stories garth ennis what is did i say huge, huge he loves war he i saw an interview with him and he said if he didn't have to pay bills he would only write comics that are based on war stories or history stuff like that is it aftershock he wrote a series quite a oh, so yeah, if you yeah. want aftershock garth ennis has a series of books that are based i think historically on war like you could even see it with his tko book uh sarah you know like uh yeah that's that true good. Really it up. yeah and that's what he loves to write so if you like this kind of stuff, maybe it's check nice. out some of Garcinis stuff too, because uh, yeah, he's he's huge on that. And- you know, what I just noticed about this comic. I didn't even think of this or uh, that it was significant because I didn't watch. I read this before I watched the Ellis documentary. That this yeah, is yeah. Avatar, which he left after mm-hmm. he fought with DC. So interesting. I think the cro- is the cro- Remember the Crossing, that crazy book. I haven't read them. Whatever. It's a long going series that has several different writers including garth ennis and basically garth ennis his section of it that he wrote or his run on it he's like out preacher and out boys he like Ooh. just like double down on the boys which is very fucking crazy oh, i think that's crossed what, crossed i think crossed cross? yeah oh that's yeah that yeah sounds... it's very very gory very uh yeah 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 cross that's, yeah okay. you know, I, I i think it's i'm pretty sure it's avatar yeah as well yeah yeah what was what's avatar again please tim it's just a, it's a, a sorry it's a independent publisher just a, a comic publisher so but not as well known as the sort of big ones we talk about now like boom oh. or it, mm. and it has like it generally has like to my knowledge of stuff i've seen of it quite violent very uh kind of crazy types yeah. of um types of comics they publish so this is an avatar book uh, crossed is one i think some some alan moore stuff is avatar too like did, okay like okay Providence and Avatar story. I, I don't. I guess I can't say whether it is. It, it strikes from me uh, Alan Moore. Yeah, yeah, possibly. They they do a lot of that kind of really that style that a lot yeah. of indie British writers go to Avatar. Yeah. Is it still going or was it? Um, yeah. Oh yeah, it's still going. I don't know if you get the Diamond previews, but if you go through the Diamond, Avatar has like a usually a double page spread or three oh, four really? pages yeah. and everyone where you can order books from from them. Yeah. And cross yeah. usually takes up half of that. Usually there's yeah, like a page of just crossed. Like there's, there's, I don't know how many issues they've released, but I think it's in the hundreds now. Oh, like, it's huge, huge series. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, they're not that hard to find. I don't think you can go on Amazon. They probably even, I don't know if Avatar releases oh, right. their books through Amazon, but I think you could find a lot of their stuff on Amazon. I've never really looked. Yeah, yeah you're no, not okay. Avatar single issue comics week to week. I, I don't remember ever seeing one other than if providence and uh neonomicon that's another one that elmore did he did providence those were released i think i recall those being released in single issue but generally it's just like you see them in trades like this Um, okay yeah 
but that'd be good if you ever see an avatar book you're guaranteed it's going to be crazy in some way. <laughs> well i remember we have to talk about the cover it's white oh yeah it has saint george's cross etched in blood on a white background with the two finger salute which comes oh. from which is basically like the british the finger, finger. oh is that me. what it is i thought oh, it was I didn't realize it's about the that. longbow so you use the two fingers to pull the bow no, and that's where it comes oh, from okay. like because we oh. do it to the french because we beat you with two fingers yeah, oh, when I didn't I read, catch the second part. Yeah, when we first read the book, I saw that. I was like, oh, is this going to be some kind of hippie fucking book or something? And then, <laughs> after I read it, I looked at the cover after I'm done reading it, and I was like, oh, now I It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, is this going to be about some fucking hippie shit that happened in Britain back in the day when Vietnam was going on and shit? No, it wasn't that at all. <laughs> the Longbowman salute. Yeah, yeah, the book just rocks backwards <laughs> with one of those like cigarette holders and goes au contraire. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, uh, there's just one part that I, I enjoyed oh. and I probably would have been the victim of it. It's where they get to the wall and they're all mooning them. So they're like, yeah, fuck you guys. And they shoot arrows at them and they're bums. I would have probably been one of the guys with his pants down to an arrow. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say the odds would be with you. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, assholes! I got an arrow in my ass. Oh God! I did not Imagine... think of that, but oh. well, that's actually that's made me it's made me sit about an inch higher in my seat. <laughs> Make it tighten that right up, won't it? Uh, <laughs> to be honest, I'd probably rather it was a little bit loosey goosey, easier to get out. You're yeah. intense. <laughs> Depends uh, on which kind of arrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't want that twist you in going in too far. I don't know. <laughs> oh God! I don't. To be fair, I don't think being shot by an arrow is ever preferable. No. <laughs> oh, before we go as well, the details that it went into for the French uh, crossbowmen and that they could get the way they had the hooks on their belts. So yes. to re it just yeah, the level of detail is just details. Uh, yeah. It's, it's just brilliant. It's the best way to learn about history, as far as I'm concerned. Here. This was a fun read. You learnt a lot. Mm. And like like Tim says, like he loves it, and I won't say I'll love it and scream it from the rooftops. But man, this was a really good read. And if anyone mm. ever mentions it to me, I was like, go read it, man. It's yeah. it's yeah. good, you know. So I mean, if you taught kids history like this in school, man, kids yeah. would learn a lot more in history class. I guarantee it. I used a lot more of my electives on history. If, if That's where my mind way. went instantly. Like they they should have this in schools with just like a preface yeah. that you can opt out, like parental but discretion advised. More progressive teachers have been starting to include comics in their curriculums. So I think mm -hmm. slowly, especially with, I hate to say it, but Marvel and DC, even though it's like junk entertainment, because mm -hmm. there's not much historical value there, but it's popularizing comics. And I think teachers that like our age are teaching now grew up with comics and are seeing this it's becoming popular so the comic media is gaining like i hate to say it's because of the movies but it's starting to gain a little more can't hurt you know it's starting to be gain more how would you say it credibility and people our age are starting to introduce it to kids as learning tools and yes. like with stories like that that are much more serious and actual factual and educational i've been on a kick i started reading more biography comics dahmer the dahmer one uh, oh, yeah. I want to read. I want to read his King. next one about the Penn State shootings, stuff like that. Ooh. Like it's great. Have you heard what Eddie Gen's done? These books are amazing, yeah. and you could use these as tools, like in school, to teach kids things. Because 
they do research, they check their facts, you know, so it's a great way to teach. The more comics come out and the more we encourage people to read these, just the better it'll be for, for everyone. I mean... When you become a comic book reader, it is literally impossible to stick to Marvel and DC. They're just like mm-hmm. the gateway drugs. You cannot, you cannot exactly. stay on that. Because as, as a child, you want, obviously, we like the bright colors, the costumes. Mm. But as we grow older, we gain more, we become more intellectual. We get mm. other interests and like these books and these stories and the art. Even yeah. art is its own expression. It's like a fingerprint. Each mm-hmm. artist has their own style. And it's almost like an individual fingerprint, which offers so much to the to the yeah. person. It's like an artist can almost be identified more by the art than their actual face. Like it, it so becomes true, yeah. them, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. so, I mean, that's what's so great about this medium is yeah. there's just I mean, so many facets to it that are just amazing. And you can just dig in and pick little yeah. things. And it's just so fun to talk about. And for Christmas, Joe sent me two two trades full of boobies. <laughs> Not so once movies. you get older, there's something for everybody. But yeah, did, you, no did you enjoy the? Uh, did you enjoy the street uh, bang, the three-way bro bang on the street? Oh, you know what? I, I genuinely found that disturbing because the guy's oh, crying. The man after, is crying. He's crying. After I read that, I, I felt really man. bad. That whole scene, I was like, it man, shook me. I was like, I'm in. I'm all in on this. It was so like. Like you say, it's it's kind of jarring, but at the same time, you're like, you motherfuckers deserve every second of this, you know. <sighs> and it's uh, and it's so well done. Like you say, oh, it's, I don't I, know, an, an involuntary bum, and I think I don't think anything gets much worse than that, does it? I'd rather <laughs> take a beating or a robbery, a violent robbery. I'd probably rather be shot in the. I'd rather be shot in a non-lethal way than to get like an involuntary okay. bumming. And no, <laughs> what's worse, what's worse, it's not it's not an involuntary bumming, it's involuntarily being made to bum somebody. I would all, if someone gives me a choice between being bummed or having to bum someone, I am 100% all the time getting bummed. There is no way, because at least then you could just stand there and take it. I am not right. bumming anybody, because that means that I've had to have enjoyed it for a start. Well, You're not bumming well, anyone with a fucking toddler gobbler, are you? <laughs> So for the people listening, we got to put this in context so we can understand. We're talking about volume one of Faithless right now. Yes. So if you like this part of the conversation, go pick up Faithless volume one. It'll change. It'll change your life. Yeah, <laughs> I was scared to even open my mouth at that point because I didn't know but what. To was be happen. clear, I will always rather be bummed. <laughs> Duly noted, since I'm scribing yeah. today. I think we have the cold open. <laughs> I think we do, and it's lovely. Uh, <laughs> oh. oh goodness me! Um, <laughs> I mean, I think we've already covered this. But you can either read something or not read something. And numerical ratings just don't really matter. You can either say read it or not. And I think we all agree everybody should read this. Is there any mm-hmm. uh, dissension on that note? None. I, I would read this today. I, I think this is just great. Good, good. I'm not, I actually might read it again now. <laughs> I loved it more when I reread it. Uh, so if you all want to bid farewell. I hope. Everyone has a wonderful week. I'll be back with you in two times, I guess. I'll I'll miss the next one. So have a good time with Desolation Jones. And uh, yeah, 
everybody have a great week and definitely take a look at Cressy when you get a chance. And where can people find you if they want to? Oh, that old thing. Um, <laughs> on Twitter at Film Noir Girl. In my bio, there's a link tree to the end. So you can find us through me too. Uh, this is a lot of fun, guys. Thank you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter mostly at TM Bagshaw if you want to. Um, I'm going to read this again and then I'm going to go watch The King um, good. today. So good. And uh, I, I really can't wait. This is like, seriously, I, I want to I want to capitalize on the, the momentum I feel for this time period. Mm -hmm. And can, yeah, 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 it's real good. I can't wait till next week. Just Desolation Jones. I'm excited for that. I'm loving Warren Ellis month. This has been fun. I read the comic very much in a Warren Ellis phase right now. That leaves Joe. Yeah, you can find me at double zero Joe Pocket on Twitter and also Instagram because I actually learned how to use Instagram <laughs> properly now. So <laughs> and really well. I've I've been uh, posting quite a bit of stuff on Instagram. I've been enjoying it. And uh, you can also catch Friday nights at 9 p.m. East on the Pink Buzz. Usually do a, a show usually every Friday over there as well on YouTube. So that leaves me. Your pop culture popping Jay, Matt. <laughs> you can find me pretty much nowhere on social media, but you can find the end at the end underscore pod. Put an at in front of it where you need to. However, we are a little bit difficult to find when you're searching for the podcast. So if you look for spank media and ignore all the erotica, then <laughs> you'll find us. <laughs> So it's been an absolute pleasure to have you all today. And thank you very much for, for your time this early, early in the morning where you all are. And thank you very much if you listen to the end. That leaves me one thing to say. As always, we have been, and this is the end. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. That was great. <laughs>